It's recording. It's recording. I don't believe you. Is it recording? <laughs> you fooled me before. <laughs> That's true. I don't know which one I want. I don't either, because I actually chose the like the marshmallow one. <laughs> the marshmallow clusters. Marshmallow. What was it? Fortunate marshmallows. Fortunate mementos. Fortunate mementos. Um, but I'm kind of looking at the colorful rocks one. <laughs> Welcome to Murder Brunch. We are the Murder Brunch Bunch. I'm Rachel. I'm Joe. I'm Clinton. And this is where we take, um, I don't remember it at all. I this don't remember This is the about. podcast. This is the podcast where we talk about two killers. No, we talk about one killer. <laughs> no, this is the podcast that brings you. That brings you two stories of murder and mayhem. And we put one killer on Dr. Michael Stone's scale of evil. Discuss where he ends up on the scale of evil. Close enough. We'll take it. I'm sorry. We'll take fail. it. I'm sorry. <laughs> so today's brunch is uh, we have outdone ourselves once again. It is more, brought to you by Childish Delights. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Due have... to an appointment later in the day, we thought, oh, let's do something simple. We'll just have cereal, sugary kids cereal, because everyone loves that. But because we had that, Joe and I decided to compensate <laughs> without telling anybody. <laughs> And I brought a full charcuterie board. And Joe, you brought... Breakfast sandwiches. Giant breakfast sandwiches. So we have so much food. Who brought the donuts? That would be my husband. That would be you as well, okay. Also, oh yeah, delicious, small, cute, little pudding cups. They're French. So yes. What are they called? Petite... Petit pots or something like that? I don't know. Petite they were pots. adorable. So I then emptied them into equally adorable <laughs> fall-themed uh, ramekins, I guess? Yeah, I would say that's And added fruit. So you've got dark chocolate or vanilla bean pudding. Oh, I didn't know that. I got a vanilla yes. one. I should have done the dark and chocolate. And so there's one of each for, there's a berry one with blueberries and strawberries, or there's a tropical one with pineapple and kiwi. Ooh, kiwi, excuse me. I guess kiwi's tropical? I don't know, but whatever. Yeah, kiwi's tropical. It's from New Zealand. Is it? I, I always assumed it was. I don't know. <laughs> right? They call them the angels. bird is. Well, yeah, which came first, the bird or the fruit? Uh, the bird lays the fruit, right? <laughs> <laughs> That's how it works? The fruit comes from the bird? The bird is the fruit. <gasps> you, oh, no, you grind up the little kiwi bird. So these are some over easy kiwis. <laughs> <laughs> so... Anyway, we got a good we got a good mix today. This is incredible, but we don't have an alcoholic drink today. No cocktail. Yeah. So our Instead, drink for yeah. Go ahead. Oh, uh, we have milk, whole milk, chocolate milk, and strawberry milk. It's quite a it's quite a mix. I, I had a strawberry. Milk. I do have I really like some whipped cream vodka. You could easily pour into any one of those. You could. We could spike our stuff. And regularly do. <laughs> So here we are again, though. Murder brunch. This is a lot. It feels like a lot of food. Well, think. You would normally give your child just this bowl of cereal right. and send them on their way. Are we ready to get started? Are we ready to murder some stuff? <laughs> murder some you stuff? You're, you're I did murder. Mm-hmm. I did murder my belly. We're serial killers. <laughs> <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> All right, on that note, I'm ready. Are we ready? I'm ready. I'm very full. Rachel, are you ready? I'm ready. Oh, will you lower the blind? Have Rachel do it. She's right there. Mm. She can't. 
Why? It's motorized. It's because she's a woman. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. All right. Are we ready? Ready. Here we go. Story number one. Oh my God, stop eating. Don't tell me what to do. And I'm talking to myself. <laughs> All right. This is The Watts Murders. Did you just say story number two? No. What did you say? I don't know. Before The Watts Murders. I thought it was story number one. Is that what you said? I guess we'll have to listen to the recording. I don't know. Now you have me doubting myself. I, thought, I honestly thought you said story number two. Go ahead. I think she said on to story on number two. On to story number one. Okay, okay, got it. Continue. <laughs> anyway. The Watts Murders. Yep, The Watts Murders. I told you I watched this documentary. Ugh. Do you know what I'm talking about? This I is don't. fairly recent. Yeah, it's a pretty recent one. Prepare yourself. Here it's, we go. It's pretty bad. In 2010, avid Facebook user Shanann... Shannon. Shannon. Not Shannon. Shannon. Got a friend request from Chris Watts. This is what she said about the request. I was like, what the heck? I'm never going to meet him. Except one thing led to another. And eight years later, we have two kids. We live in Colorado. And he's the best thing that ever happened to me. By 2018, the Watts family seemed to have the ideal American life. They had two daughters, Bella, five years old, and CC3. They lived in a nice suburb of Colorado, and they both had good jobs. Chris was a operator for Anadarko Petroleum, and Shannon worked for a nutrition supplement company called Laval. Mm-hmm. <laughs> An MLM. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> You know, she's that friend who's like, hey, join my Facebook friend. What? Hey, hon. <laughs> it worked for me. It'll work for you. You look a little tired. Can I get you some <laughs> essential oils? <laughs> In May of 2018, Shanann posts a 31 minute and 13 second long Facebook live video speaking about her life and family. She speaks of her struggles with lupus and how Chris is the best thing that ever happened to her. Here is a quote from that Facebook post. I believe that everything in life happens for a reason, and I also believe people are placed in our life for a reason. In another video posted in June of 2018, Shanann surprises Chris with the news that she is pregnant again. Later, they will discover that this time it is a boy and name him Nico. It goes on and on like that. There are a lot of heartwarming videos on her account. There are also a few that show a less than happy light on her marriage. There are some videos showing Shanann almost belittling Chris, but it's all normal couple stuff. Like he doesn't listen and things like that. Um, she just says it in a very passive aggressive way, <laughs> you know, and, and the, all you can find all these videos, you know, all the videos and things like that of it. And it's kind of like, okay, lady, you know? they're still available to look at Well, they were on the, the documentary, oh, at least, yeah, yeah. you know, they have, they're not public, mm-hmm. you know, but they were released by police. However, little did she know that in the same month that he found out that he would become a father for the third time, Chris meets and begins a relationship with another woman from his work. No. <laughs> you didn't see that one coming? <laughs> I love that this is, you know, the joke of, you know, the suburban family with 2.3 children, etc. Yeah. And that is literally, we're, we're two children. One of the uh, Yeah. And it's just like. Mm-hmm. It's every dateline ever, right? Yeah, it really is. <clears throat> According to the Denver Post, the two meet in June and start a sexual relationship in July. 
They see each other four or five times a week. And he is telling her lies like he's separated and he is in the final stages of getting a divorce. And she believes him, right? Like she doesn't, she doesn't think Shanann is in the picture. Oh no, she believes that she's gone. Okay. Okay. And in fact, when she goes missing, spoiler alert. (laughs) Gasp. She thinks that she left. Like, like divorce, like person. yeah. Then uh, his girlfriend is very much like he made it seem like she just up and left. Yeah, you know, and she was very much of the mind. It's like, well, then let her go. Of course, that's not the case. So during the month of July, Shanann and the children are away on a vacation, a quote unquote family vacation, in North Carolina to visit extended family. The plan is quote because of work commitments. Chris would stay home for the first few weeks of the vacation and join the family for the last week, and then they would all fly back to Colorado together. While his family is away, Chris and his girlfriend go on multiple dates to various places locally, including a classic car museum, restaurants, and an overnight stay at Great Sand Dunes National Park. So we're all having our own kind of vacation. (laughs) Which, first of all, you mentioned few weeks and last week this must be one hell of a vacation yeah she's She's, gone for a month she is gone for five weeks like they're away from each other as a married couple and we're all married here yeah five weeks away from your significant other that's too long i I like to annoy my husband way more than that i don't think i could let him go for that long well i mean there and that's the thing it's like there would be some kind of like i miss you and i want you to be back right the minute you see them you're like you know or take these kids. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I've had them for five weeks. Well, you were extended family. That's true. Yeah. They're taking care of the kids. <laughs> but yeah, she's gone for a really long time. And one thing about this case is that there's a lot of written documentation through texts, right? A lot of texts back and forth from her and him and a lot of texts of her and her friends, right? And so in the text messages, now here's the problem. I'm going to go on a, a side note real quick. Okay. A side note. The problem is, is that her text messages, and in my opinion, and this is because I'm a very judgy bitch, okay, her, some of her Facebook videos that have been released to the public make her seem like a very unlikable person. Her videos? Yeah. The things that she wants to make her seem like a likable person? Well, it makes her look insincere. Oh, You okay. know? And, and that it's all a facade. And then her text messages to him kind of seem like a, a bossy, you know, mean person. And, of course, none of us know her. Right. You know? And you don't know, like, their, you know, what they had as an actual conversation or what she has conversations with other people. You only see these glimpses that probably mean nothing. But because of this kind of light that goes on with the, her tech messages and videos, a lot of people turn against her during the course of the investigation. Mm. And that, you know, I don't know, she kind of seemed like she was you know, a bitch, and maybe she did run off, or maybe she deserved what came to her, or something like that. See, that's what's so upsetting, because you can be the biggest bitch in the world. You don't know... <laughs> sorry, Clint. You don't deserve to die. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? We know what's coming here. Right. And see, that's the thing. It's like, I don't... I mean, like, you... That is the thing. Like, maybe, you know, everything you think about her is true. Mm-hmm. So she what? Doesn't deserve to be yeah, yeah, so what? I mean, you're allowed to kill them. Yeah. yeah. You divorce them. You divorce them. Yeah. That's what the, these cases, like, really, when it gets boiled down to... Why don't you just leave? Even the ones, like, when they do it for money, I not as a justification, but I kind of understand as far as, okay, well, you were going to get something tangible out of it or whatever. You were going to mm-hmm. get a ton of money or whatever. But if it's, if that's not the case, why don't you just leave? 
You know what I mean? Right. Like, I just don't understand that. It's the the want to start again with no strings attached. But there are definite strings attached. You've murdered somebody. But, but no one would know that. You, I mean, uh, if theory. you get away with yeah, it. Yeah, if you yeah. get away with it. Okay. That and you don't have to fess up to like a failed marriage. And no. also. <laughs> so I don't fess up to a failed marriage, but I did kill my spouse. You again. Know, if tomato, you're, tomato. If you're but caught. if you are caught. However, if, if like your spouse disappears, right? Nobody would suspect me. <laughs> Everyone would suspect you. However, if they couldn't prove anything, you become the victim. Yeah. And now you get sympathy and everything oh, like that's that. That's so gross. That's it is so gross. gross. It is gross, but that is the the desire, right? Well, spouse is not that off because you're always going to get caught. There's a comedian. Oh, I forget who, what comedian it is. He does a bit about it where he's like, everybody's been in that relationship where you're kind of stuck in it. And you know that they kind of wish like, if you had just died, it'd be perfect. Because oh my God. <laughs> I don't know. This like they don't want you. They don't want to kill you. They don't want you to be murdered or anything like that. But maybe like a car accident because then they wouldn't have to be the bad guy, you know, breaking up Jeez. with you and stuff like that. It's a very dark bit. Yeah. <clears throat> Shall we go on with the story? Please. Okay. <laughs> right in if you know which comedian Joe was talking about. So while he's famous away, he's going lots of uh, uh, dates, dates and stuff like that. Okay, so on July thirtieth, he leaves for North Carolina. At this time, he has told his girlfriend that his divorce is final. Through their investigation, the police discover that throughout the whole of the vacation, she is sending texts to a friend that show not only a suspicion that Chris is cheating, mm-hmm. but also tension between her and his parents, so her in laws. And an overall unhappiness in the marriage. There's a lot of talk of he doesn't want to have sex anymore. And um, if he's doing it four to five times a week, he's exhausted. Right. Well, (laughs) so there's also this thing where he was like 200 and or almost 250 pounds. And then he very drastically lost a lot of weight. So it was like 108. He wound up being 185 or something like that. That's why I don't want to lose weight. I don't want to let my husband think that I'm cheating on him. And well, at that point I looked at my husband who went keto and lost out that weight. And I'm like, you trying to kill me? Cause I will take you with me. (laughs) Um, but, um, so, and he became obsessed with how he looked and his Mm. fitness and all that kind of thing too. While there, the tension between her and her in-laws increased and there was, um, actually a disagreement that got out of hand because his parents bought fruit food products that the youngest daughter was allergic to. The family she was visiting in North Carolina, that was his side of the family? It was both. So oh. both her parents and I think his parents lived in North Carolina. Oh, okay. Because they did have the youngest birthday party. She was turning three. Cece was turning three. So they had that birthday party with all the family and stuff like that while in North Carolina. And her parents were there, but his parents didn't come because it was after this altercation about the food. Okay. So after this issue, it resulted in several harsh texts from Shanann to Chris. In the harsh texts, it's very much like, you need to handle your parents because this, you know, they tried to kill your daughter. And it's kind of like, a little much, (laughs) but okay, whatever. Again, I don't know these people. So the family arrives back in Colorado. What if they did try to kill the kid? (laughs) <laughs> doubtful but it's just a family of murderers no doubtful no, okay. no. Uh, if you see the video of the grandparents oh, I'm sure yeah. you know no it's heartbreaking it, yeah they're yeah the family arrives back in Colorado in August of 2018 you're not taking your notes I hope the timeline <laughs> is working for you yeah where's your book we actually need to get the book it's behind have, wait, you. that oh, book God. is right there but the, my notes I'm not 
Oh, I'm not timeline noting this yeah, one. He's, he's this one is very linear and over a short period of time. Okay, mine isn't, so get ready for time travel. <laughs> time travel. <laughs> 65 million years ago. So they arrive home August 2018, but Shanann has to leave almost immediately for a business trip, which is not unusual. Apparently, she travels quite a bit for her job for her neutral nutrition supplement job it's some kind of like training kind of thing i'm not sure it's her and several other people who work for the the company are going on this thing right Mm -hmm. the night before she leaves she reports to a friend via text that she and chris had their quote best talk ever end quote and she leaves a long handwritten love letter to him and leaves it on their kitchen table in the documentary, they read part of it, and it's, you know, very, like, that I, seems love, a- I love you, and I look forward to our future, and blah, 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 blah. That seems intrusive. I think they should have left that alone. I don't know. I guess it's all just part of state's evidence. Yeah. You know, which becomes um, public record, right? I guess. I don't know. Love I'm not sure if that does. Actually, you know, I'm making myself out to be a hypocrite, because, well, you'll find out later, but go ahead. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Foreshadow. <laughs> While she is away, Chris hires a babysitter to go to a baseball game with his co-workers. He's actually going out with his girlfriend to a local bar. But but he's a genius. And he uses, <laughs> he uses his credit card for all these little trips. Yeah. Right? And Shanann has access to the credit card information and can see all the transactions, which is part of her suspicion that he's cheating on her. Oh, yeah. And so she could see that not only did he go to this bar, but he spent so much more money than it should be for one person. So she absolutely knows that something's going on, right? On August 13, 2018, Shanann returns from her business trip. Her friend and coworker, Nicole, drops her off at her house just before 2 a.m. Her flight had been delayed, and so she was getting in late. However, after numerous tries to contact her later in the morning, Nicole becomes concerned. She also knows that Shanann has a doctor's appointment for her pregnancy that morning and that Shanann never shows up for it. Mm-hmm. So Nicole goes to the house and finds no one home. She contacts the police and requests a wellness check. So the police arrive, still cannot rouse anyone in the house, and they contact Chris, who is at a work site. That's very far from, from you know, the house. people mm-hmm. and uh, places and things. It's kind of just out in nowhere. Yeah. Um, and he's by himself and there's no one else there with him. Yeah. Well, you know, that's his job. Mm-hmm. He has every right to do that. Uh-huh. Anyway, there is police body cam video of this whole encounter of the wellness check. So Chris ultimately shows up. He lets them in the house. Everybody searches the house. And though they find Shanann's phone, keys, and purse, no one is home and the kids' favorite blankies are gone. They go to the neighbor who has security cameras facing the street. And on the body cam video, you can see both Chris and the police officer watching the security footage. And then when Chris leaves, the neighbor turns to the officer and says that Chris is not acting right. That he is acting far more jittery and fidgety than usual. However, his wife is missing. His wife and children are missing. Uh-huh. So who knows, right? Mm-hmm. I've seen that that footage. Yeah. And it is like the neighbor's like, whoa, what's going on with yeah, this Yeah, that guy? kid, that <laughs> kid, the guy like literally, like Chris walks out and he's like, he ain't right. 
Yeah. <laughs> you know, so. And he isn't. Like, even not knowing Chris, when you watch that video, the guy, like, Chris is, like, twitchy. And he He can't acting. keep his hands still. Yeah. In and out of his pockets and all kinds of stuff, you know? He's a terrible actor. Well, you know. <laughs> he couldn't even not use his credit card for that night, you know? He's a genius. Barb, pay with cash. Pay with cash. Plus, like... When you're out Don't with buy or anything. Set up another credit card that is not linked to your wife. <laughs> when you're out with your girlfriend, don't leave any tracks, you know? You heard it here first, yeah, guys. Yeah, a few tips from the Murder Brunch Bunch. <laughs> okay, as word gets out of the missing mother and children, Chris goes on the news to plead for his family's return. What an asshole. This is a quote from that news segment. Shanann, Bella, Celeste, if you're out there, just come home. Like, if somebody has her, just please bring her back. I need to see everybody. I need to see everybody again. This house is not complete without anybody here. Please bring them back. What a piece of shit. So let's think about that real quick. He After he says their names, right, they become like nobody. It's anybody. Everybody. Mm. You know? It's not, I need to see them. You know? I need my girls. Yeah, or, you know, that kind of thing. It's just, you know, anybody. <laughs> right? I just thought that was weird. That's my personal thing that I picked up on. But I also picked up on it already knowing that he was coming. <laughs> yeah. So. <laughs> All right. On August 15, 2018, Chris Watts is questioned by the FBI. He fails a polygraph test Ooh. and ultimately confesses to killing Shanann. He states that the morning she arrived home, they both had a, quote, very emotional, in quote, conversation in which he told her of his affair and the fact that he wanted to end their marriage. He then leaves for work. Upon returning home, he finds that Shanann had done the unthinkable. She had smothered the two girls, and in a blind rage, Chris then attacked and strangled his wife. This is all bullshit. He's a big, fat liar. Yep. And I don't know how he can sit there with his pants on fire like that. But he did. In truth, as Chris was getting ready for work that morning, he and Shanann did have that conversation. But it seemed that his wife decided to be more confrontational in the moment than he had let on. In the ensuing argument, Shanann states, uh, well, he says, Shanann states that she will take the kids away and he'll never see them again. So Chris attacks her and strangles her. You never tell your plan to the villain. You always say, okay, whatever you want. And then when he leaves, you take the kids away and never let him see You change the locks. <laughs> yeah. Right? <sighs> After he kills Shanann, Bella wakes up from the commotion and comes into the room and witnesses her mother's lifeless body. So Chris decides to wrap his wife's body in a blanket, puts it in the back seat of his trunk with his kids... Yeah. Which is so disturbing to me. Yeah. The kids are alive. You need to put them in the car, with, in the truck with them. Right. And they get to just sit there with their feet on mom, you know, because <laughs> I can only imagine that's how you would put. And they're like, they're five and three. Right? Yeah. Five and three. And they're apparently asking him, is mommy okay? Is she going to be all right? Is she sick? You know, that kind of thing. Trying to understand it. And then he drives 45 minutes to an hour to his work site. There he buries Shanann in a shallow grave. He then smothers his two daughters and drops their bodies into large oil tanks. Oh my god! Yeah, like buckets, right? Like they're huge oil tanks. Like okay. he got to climb up on them, and like, Ugh. and like a hatch and stuff like that, right? Um, 
<clears throat> so this is how he says it played out. Okay. On August 21st, a week after Chris Watts appeared on TV where he pleaded for his family's safety, he is charged with three counts of first degree murder, plus two additional first degree murder charges due to the fact that the children were under 12 years. He is also charged with the unlawful termination of a pregnancy because remember, she was Ooh. pregnant with their son yep. during this and three counts of tampering with a body. On November 6th, Chris Watts pleads guilty to all nine accounts. However, in an unfathomable act of grace, Shanann's family asked the court to forego the death penalty. Why? They're better people than us, I guess. Because <laughs> I would be like, roast that pig. Yeah, I, I don't know. I'm, I'm not a fan of the death penalty. I'm actually against it in, for... A variety of reasons, but for most <laughs> cases, right? But when you're in the thick of it, when you're part of the family that's been victimized, I don't know. I don't know how you are able to look past your grief. No, with a situation like that, this heart, like cold, so cold. Yeah, to do that to the girls, to the ugh, I, this case really fucks me up. Well, I ain't done. So here we go. Yeah. <laughs> All right, Chris is sentenced to five life sentences without the possibility of parole. The judge in the case, Marcello Kopkow, says of this case, quote, perhaps the most inhumane and vicious crime I have handled out of the thousands of cases that I have seen, end quote. It was not until February 18th of 2019 that Chris actually fully confessed in detail that he murdered his children. He told police that Cece went quietly, but Bella looked up at him and said, Daddy, no. But I have some doubts about his confession. And these are my doubts. What he's saying is that it was a rage thing. Right. A rage and fear. Right. He lost his mind, right? Statistically, when you're talking about family annihilators, it is mostly always premeditated. I feel like he had already killed his daughters. And then Shanann came home after her business trip. And the minute she walked in, it was over. Yeah, that I I've thought of that too because like I think about like John List. He's the one who uh, the guy who he stayed home and he shot his family members as they came in the house. Yeah, he had and it planned out exactly how he was going to do it. Yeah, and he carried them all into, into the, the ballroom. ballroom. Yep. <laughs> so uh, I agreed because I always thought that was weird too because he took the because originally he said he took the girls to the site and they were alive and they what. Bella just sat there as he killed Celeste. Yeah, and she asked him, are you going to do the same thing to me right, that, that you did to my sister? That seems very unlikely. I, I've known a few five-year-olds, and I feel like they would put up a bit more of a ruckus. Right. I think a three-year-old would put up quite a bit of a ruckus trying to kill him. Going, yeah. quote-unquote, going quietly. No. He killed those girls probably in their sleep right. or something like that. And and a lot of people think he killed Shanann in her sleep yeah. and didn't have that emotional conversation. But here's the reason why I think that way. He had a whole week with his girls without Shanann. Yeah. Right? He could have done anything to them. And then she comes home and he murders her. The, when they bring, bring the, um, and there's, again, body cam footage of it. They bring police dogs into the house to find sense or whatever. Yeah. The handler of the dogs while walking around makes the comment that this house is too clean. For kids. For, no, just, she's like, it's immaculate. It's too clean to be real. Okay. I think that's like, like maybe paraphrased, but that's what she was saying, right? And somebody agrees with her. They're like, yes, it is very clean. So he had to have had time 
to clean up. Because the morning he comes home from the quote-unquote work site and meets the police is the morning he has dumped the bodies. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, and, I agree. And this is... he He's going to drive a half... Or 45 minutes to an hour with kids in the back asking him what's happening i can't do that for 15 minutes from school to home <laughs> yeah about things that and i don't have a dead body in my back seat I, so either he is completely shut off at that point and he's just ignoring his children or they're not talking yeah and that's what i think now i'm not a cop i'm not an investigator i was not there okay but i feel like that well, and he changes his story three times. So it wouldn't be hard to believe that we none of us know actually know the truth. Yeah. That he has just not told the truth. In the end, though, and devil's advocate argument for the other side, at this point he's caught. Like, why continue to lie about the execs? Well, a big part of the Chris Watts case was image. They talk a lot about how, like, Shanae oh. presented their family on Facebook. It was just like we were talking about earlier as far as having a failed marriage, right? Mm-hmm. He doesn't want to be seen... As a ruthless child killer, he just wants to be seen as I did it in the moment. Right, I couldn't control myself. Ex- and yeah, and see, that's the thing. It was accidental. When they lay it on the table, and they're like, "We think you did this because you found a young, fun new girlfriend, and you wanted to get rid of everything else." He's like, "No, no, no! I loved my family. I loved my daughters." And and he can't. He, he he also is like you're making me seem like a monster. I'm not a monster, and I and I'm like when I watched that, I'm like disagree. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know? He's absolutely a monster. Yeah, but he doesn't want to see himself as a monster either. Right, and he can't. I mean, I I would think that because he played into the whole Facebook fantasy thing, because when people present their families like that on Facebook, it is a fantasy. Right. It's it probably is important to him, just like it was for Shanann, to have that kind of image that other people saw. Because it wasn't just her. Like, he was he was pretty prevalent on social media, too, right? He had his own accounts and I stuff? Don't, I don't know. I haven't... What I've read, um, they didn't go into his, but he was on her account right. often, so... So he, had, so he had a particular image he wanted to uphold. I guess so. And... Yeah, I think I think you're right. I think that, and so I know we haven't talked about the scale yet or anything, but I feel like narcissism has to play a huge factor in this one. Absolutely, I think narcissism is probably a grounding factor in all family annihilators. In either that, you know, even the ones that are like, "Well, I have to save my family. I'm the only one who can save my family." Okay, you know, sure. it's like it, it's it goes back to a saying about sorry, Clinton. Men can't see beyond their own wants and needs. You know what I mean? Like they... I have very <laughs> large wants and needs. It's very difficult to I've see past them, I've heard about you. I've heard that about you. Um, but that... Okay, some men... Hashtag not all men. Some men have an inability to look past what they need in their in their life, what they want in their life, to see what other people may need around them. Right. And I think that goes for... People in general. Sure. I think there are women like that, too. There are women who get rid of their kids because they found a new man. That is true. That is true. And it's, you know, it's what they need at that time. And for some reason, they lack the empathy, feeling uh, paternal, maternal instinct or whatever. That's like, don't kill your children. Right. (laughs) You know? Yeah. Pretty shitty. I was going to bring a a drink. I didn't. But I was going to bring a drink called a crotch shot. Because that's what I'd like to do to him. Yeah. Because, I mean, he's just in jail, right, for the rest of his life? Yep. He's 
this whole story, like I said, it just, there's something about it that just, maybe because it's so current, it's so new, he's still out there, you know, that kind of stuff. But the idea of just being, being able to just callously kill two very small children, a pregnant woman, mm-hmm. and then dump them. Yeah. Like trash. And it's not like she was state of Texas pregnant. She was like far along. Yeah. I mean, they knew it was a boy. They knew it was a state of Texas pregnant. <laughs> <laughs> um, like, and, and it was a wanted pregnancy. She wanted to have this boy, yeah. you know, and everything. And so it's, it, it's just. And I think perhaps that might have been a tipping point for him. Having a third child. Like that she was pregnant again. And now he's he's like even further in it. You yeah. know, you know, I know that she worked for a nutrition supplement company, but I bet he made enough money that he was going to have to pay her substantial if they got alimony divorced. and yeah. stuff like that. If they got divorced, child, you know, what's a child support payment support. Their case is um, it's fucking awful. It's, it is. it's really, really bad. It is. And it's it's just one of it's those things where it's like. Uh, you, you feel most for those kids, right? I mean, you, you feel. I mean, Shanann didn't deserve that at all. But it there is. Thank no... God for that best friend, right? Who was like, "Where is Shanann?" Right? She was, she was like, on top of things. She was like, we're doing it now. Because can you imagine? Like a week goes by. Yeah. You know, if he had time to like kind of cover his tracks, never a bit. find those. Oh no, she definitely talked to Shanann on the. Shanann's like, if something happens to me, yeah. Call the cops. Yeah, no. I'm sure they had this conversation. He's, he's like, I'm sure he's cheating on me. She's like, all right, confront him. And like, well, I think also, it had to have been a thing. Maybe. Yeah, and also when she's like, she missed her doctor's appointment. The doctor's not telling just anybody she missed right. her doctor's appointment. So how right. did she know? Yeah. Maybe she was supposed to take her to the doctor's appointment that morning or something. Or th- there's text messages. So she had texted her, you know, how you doing? I haven't heard from you this morning. Tell me how your doctor's appointment goes. You know, where are you? It wasn't until one o'clock that she went back to the house. Right. But look at it that way. Right. That's like, what, maybe six hours? That's true. Because, yeah. I mean, like, you know, you, you they came in right. late. You go to sleep. First thing you do is text her. When Shit. She- I'm going to have to have someone watching me and make sure that <laughs> nothing happens to me. Because I could go weeks without talking to you guys and you wouldn't even notice. No. That's not true. That's not true. That's not true. I love you. Now, Clinton, on the other hand, you text him, he doesn't text oh. you back. You're like, well, that's Clinton. <laughs> that's Clinton. <laughs> and his husband, you just text him. If he says everything's fine, you're going to believe him. You're going to believe him. <laughs> uh, okay. Should we talk about the scale? Yes. All right. We're going to put Chris Watts on Michael Stone's scale of evil, which, if you are new to the podcast, is a scale of 22 different steps that you could be categorized into as a malicious killer. So it goes from category one. Justifiable homicide. All the way up to category 22. Psychopathic torture murderers with torture as their primary motive. And motive like, need not always be sexual. And it's got subcategories and all that good stuff. Yes. So where do you think Chris Watts lies? Okay, so I have two. Mm. Truthfully, depending on how you believe it kind of played out, it could be several different categories. But, like, if you believe he, he was in a fit of rage, right, it could be t- completely different. I don't believe that, so I didn't go with those categories. Okay. I believe that he was fully in control and he knew what he was doing the whole time. Okay. So I'm thinking that he's either a level seven. Highly narcissistic persons, some with a psychotic core who murdered loved ones. Or a level ten. Killers of people... In the way, including witnesses, extreme egocentricity. And I'm leaning more towards the tin. Well, let's see. I mean, there's nothing in his past to give you the idea of a psychotic core. You know what I mean? Like, he doesn't have the triad. 
But the lying about the relationship, the side relationship and stuff like that does have like a weird um, manipulative. Would you think of him as a schemer? Because there's also another category slightly farther down than 10. I think it's 12. Yes. Or no, that's the uh, murder when cornered. Uh, 14 14. is the ruthlessly self-centered psychopathic schemers. We end up with a lot of schemers. We have a lot of schemers. I don't think he was a schemer because, well, and if he was, he was a bad one. You know what I mean? I don't think he schemed very well. You know what I mean? He was, I think all of his schemes were moments of opportunity. Mm -hmm. His wife's out of town. I'm going to hang out with my girlfriend. Right. I got to go to work. I'm actually hanging out with my girlfriend. You know what I mean? It, It doesn't seem like there's actual... He had one scheme and it wasn't a good one. Right. Like it wasn't a very, like he, he didn't put any forethought into scheming. Um, so yeah, I would go against that one. I think it is a question of whether he suffered from psychosis or if he just, uh, the narcissism was so much that he was just getting people out of his way. Is narcissism a form of psychosis? Well, and I also think we see a, a, a brand of anger there. Was he angry at Shanann or was it, I'm just getting them out of the way? Because I think Seven lends itself more to the, it's closer to the rage yeah. uh, option yeah. as far as what happened that night. Whereas I think 10 is a little bit more cold-blooded. Mm-hmm. And I think Chris Watts is, is ice cold. I think so too. I, I would lean more towards 10 myself only because it, I, I don't see him. I, I believe that he made a decision before he went to go get them in North Carolina. Yeah. Like those three weeks with the girlfriend. Yeah. He's like, okay, this is what I'm going to yeah. do. And he made a plan. I believe so. So we're, go- we're going on a bit of assumptions mm-hmm. because we don't actually have the true story. Which we have to do always. We do. But what do you think, Clinton? You want to weigh in? Um, I'm just looking. I, I always you know, skip very far forward and very far back on the scale to see if there there's some other ones. Um, which, like you're saying, Joe, uh, if you believe the other story, he would be closer to the category two. Maybe a... Jealous lovers, egocentric, immature people committing crimes of passion. Nah, not when the girls are involved. Right. So, um, it's definitely, we, we can knock out the 17 to 22s. There was no real uh, sadistic and torturous motives here. This was just killing people. And the method of death, like, it was all asphyxiation for all three of them? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Right. There was no... There was well, no prolonging it. There was no... I mean, it's not a great way to die, obviously. I mean, but, right, but... But there was no, there was no torture. Or no, like no. There's no blood. There was no violence. Except for strangulation. Yeah, I think you nail it with 10. He had now envisioned this new life for him and was going to get rid of the things in his way of having it. And yeah. that happened to be his family. So. Yeah, I agree. I think that probably is... The right one. Can you, can you read seven one more time? Seven is highly narcissistic persons, some with a psychotic core, who murder loved ones. See, I, I do feel like that that one we've used more often for family annihilators. Well, not necessarily in our episodes, because we haven't really done a whole lot of family annihilators. Mm-hmm. But uh, I feel like that's the one you would use more often. But the but in the way, I think that is for Chris. Because I, I, this is, I think, what is different, right? Yeah. Is killing people, your loved ones, to save them. Yes. Right? Because As opposed to killing your loved ones because you don't want them around anymore. Right. And I, I think it's interesting to save them because I think to save them lends itself to a psychotic 
like mentality, yeah. right? Yeah. You're doing it because of some kind of weird. Yeah. Because that was what's his face. Um, we were just talking about him. John List. Yeah, Lists. I was going to call him Lint. <laughs> Lists. Whole thing was he had to kill his family to save them, but he couldn't kill himself. But he did go off and just have a new life. I know he was a piece of shit. Yeah. But, <laughs> um, but his whole thing was if he killed himself, then he would go to hell. Right. But he could kill his family because that would save their souls. Yeah. But yeah, I think he, I think Chris Watts does fall under ten. Right there with Susan Monica, who uh, was our, our pig farmer, who got rid of the guys who were working oh. for her. Oh, that's such a terrible story, Joe. It is. And the, the problem is, is that it happens more often sure. than you realize. Because <sighs> people just feel like it's better to destroy it and then move on somehow. I don't know. All right, here we go. Second story of today. These are the Hall Mills murders. And we're heading back to 1922 on September 16th. Let me make a note of that, 1922. (laughs) (laughs) On September 16th, two bodies were found in New Brunswick, New Jersey. They were down a well-known lover's lane under a crabapple tree. Okay, so a street where people like to make out. Under them crabapples. Under them crabapples. They were. What's a crab apple? Is it just a kind of? It's apple? a little apple. Yeah, it's just a type of. So funny story. Oh. It's we. <laughs> this topic has come up a lot in the past recently. That's I don't weird. know why, but so okay. A lot of fruits nowadays are not true to seed. You cannot plant that seed and still get a fruit of the same quality. And so most of what you're eating are clones of the tree or grafts from a tree onto another tree, so it continues to produce the same fruit. We're gonna cut all this. <laughs> no, <go ahead. laughs> but a crab apple on the other hand is when you have like delicious apples you take those seeds you plant them they grow into shitty apple trees and that's what we call crab apples and i'm sorry it's pronounced crabapple ms crabapple <laughs> so okay so it's just a shitty apple tree yes yeah crab apples are a little, usually like really small they're kind of flavorless right they don't taste so it's good. not like a kind of apple it's just a shitty apple <laughs> yeah i mean it's kind of a kind of apple like well it's it's the bad genetic end of that apple. Because right. it's like, its parents were delicious. <laughs> but the children were not good. <laughs> That's probably what did it. I've seen plenty of those lately. All right. <laughs> uh, all right. So we find our two bodies underneath the, the crabapple tree. They were white, well-dressed, and dead. The woman's <laughs> head was laying on the man's arm, and her hand was on his knee. They were fully clothed. Her dress wasn't pulled up to make you think it was um, sexual assault. There was no robbery. The man had been shot point blank by a 32 caliber pistol through the right temple. And the woman had been shot three times in the head, the forehead, well, in the head. She was shot in the forehead, the right cheek, and the right temple. Also, her throat had been, quote, cut so deeply that her jugular vein, windpipe, esophagus, and neck muscles were completely severed and her backbone could easily be seen. So wow. someone went to town on that woman's neck. Yeah. She I think we have found the actual target. Yeah, probably. So And that's a like bad. they were that is someone aiming for a decapitation that kind of gave have up a the tool end. for the job. Right. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Cops were called immediately, obviously, and they discovered who the man was due to his business card, which was propped against his left shoe. I don't know if that meant that the killer wanted them to know who the victim was right away, or it just fell out of his pocket and ended up next to his shoe or something like that. I don't know. He was Reverend Edward Wheeler Hall. 
He was the pastor of St. John's Episcopal Church, and he was married to Frances Hall, his wife of seven years, his senior. All right. His wife, who was seven years his senior at 48. Um, she was daughter of one of the most prominent families in New Brunswick, and he may have married her for her money. She was, he was 30 when she was 37. And Francis was described by a reporter as not wholly unattractive. <laughs> so I guess Francis was. She was a handsome. She was woman. a handsome. Woman. Uh, she was a handsome woman. She all right. Um, the dead woman, though, was not his wife. Oh, oh. no. Yeah, not his wife. Shocking. She, yeah, she was Mrs. Eleanor Mills, Ooh. who was 34. And married, married. uh huh, and married to the church sexton. <gasps> Scandal. Yes. She had married at fifteen. Oh. Yeah. Well, it's nineteen twenties. Yeah. Actually, nineteen tens, really. Right. And was a soprano in the choir at the St. John's Church. So that's how she met the pastor. You know what they say about them sopranos? <laughs> I don't. If you do, please really let me know. <laughs> she went to church every day. Which okay. And by the end of 1919, Reverend Hall was visiting her house every day, visiting mm-hmm. the family. Yeah, right, right? not, because, you know, got nothing better to do. Right. Mr. Mills, Eleanor's husband, considered the Reverend his best friend. Like, they were I'm very sure, close. I'm sure he thought the Reverend was coming there to see him. Right, to visit to visit him. Yeah. One theory was that Reverend Hill Hall spent lavishly and that Mr. Mills ignored the affair because he spent so much money on the family because he had all of Francis's money to spend. Mm-hmm. Um, and that Mr. Mills just ignored the fact that they, his wife was fooling around. Um, or the other theory was he was a simpleton. <laughs> That's not my you. <laughs> that, that was one of the articles I read. So rumors had surrounded the two for a while because they had spent so much time together. For instance, Mrs. Hall, so the Reverend's wife, mentioned to Mr. Mills that her husband had been out all night and he said his wife had been too. And then Mr. Mills asked, well, do you suppose they eloped? So obviously like everyone knows that this affair is going on, but finding them dead together kind of confirmed the rumors. I can't get the simple to just like, and my wife was out all night. <laughs> yeah, exactly. How weird. <laughs> so, their, so their affair was confirmed, especially because there was a slew of love letters in the grass by the bodies. Mm. so this kind of goes back to what I said earlier like I'm gonna actually read you a bunch of quotes from these love letters so I'm kind of a hypocrite <laughs> this is also from the 20s so I don't know reading love letters how morally repugnant <laughs> anyway, anyway. Um, so Eleanor so from Eleanor one of the letters read sweetheart my true heart I know there are girls with more shapely bodies but I'm not caring what they have I have the greatest part of all blessings a noble man a noble man's deep true eternal love how impatient I am and will be. I want to look up, up into your dear face for hours as you touch my body close. She also referred to him as Baby Kittens. Ew. I know, that's pretty gross. gross. <laughs> Lady. The okay. pastor, in his letters, wrote things like, Darling Wonder Heart, I just want to crush you for two hours. Oh. I just want to crush you for two hours. <laughs> this makes her sound like she's a Care Bear. I want to see you Friday night alone by our road where we can let out unrestrained that universe of joy and happiness we call ours. So let's get to boning. Yeah. Uh, that was the next line in the letter. Yeah. <laughs> okay. 
So when this happened, this was a huge scandal at the time. It was up there with Leopold and Loeb. Like there were like three crimes of the century at this time period. Do you know what Leopold and Loeb is? I don't. Okay, well we'll do that on a different episode. <laughs> um, and this one was like was like what are the three? Like it was huge, which is weird because it's not really talked about now. Like yeah. I I know Leopold and Loeb. I don't know Paul Mills murder. But anyway, the old Phillips farm where they were found, where the Lovers Lane was, became a tourist attraction. Thousands of cars a day would arrive to just look at the site where the women, where the where the couple was found. It's so bizarre. To they me. sold popcorn and balloons and shit. Oh my like, gosh! Like there were vendors set up to to allow them. Tourists stripped the crab apple tree for souvenirs, and some dude sold samples of dirt around the tree for twenty five cents a bag. What an entrepreneur! He later went on to form a uh, nutritional supplement business. <laughs> um, Known as Amazon. <laughs> so yeah, so it was it was pretty bad. That's so weird. So weird. Ladies and gentlemen, come see the crab apple tree. Yeah. <laughs> there were no arrests for months. Which I mean, it's gotta be it's gotta be something related to the to the victims, right? It's gotta be. But whatever. So much harder to collect evidence back then. Yeah, because people were taking it all off the tree. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I got the murder weapon. Five dollars. <laughs> uh, the immediate suspect though was the pastor's wife and her two brothers. Okay. Okay. The wife was set before a grand jury, but no indictment was made, and so she decided to go for Europe. She left for Europe. Uh, she also had an alibi. She was home all night, and that was confirmed by her maid. So Frances mm. Hall, she's just like, bye, I'm going to go to Europe. And suddenly that maid had a lot of money. <laughs> Four years passed. Okay? Mm. Four years go by. The maid's husband files an annulment against his wife. He's decided that he doesn't want to be married to her. And part of the annulment was saying his wife withheld evidence and lied about Mrs. Hall. Ooh. Okay, that's part of that's his reason. Interesting. Yeah, that's part of his reason for divorcing her or, or annulling their marriage. William Randolph Hearst finds out about this. Ooh. Uh-oh. Okay. <laughs> and he starts plastering his newspaper with headlines that more evidence was found on the murder that involved bribery. And readership sores. Like, he, the whole reason he does it is just oh, yeah, to sell newspapers. <laughs> but it does start to open the case, and they and they start reviewing it again. Eleanor's body is exhumed, and the autopsy doctor notices that not only is her throat all fucked up, right, that her tongue and vocal cords had been removed. Now, why oh. didn't they didn't notice this in the first autopsy? I don't know. But, like, in this one, this is where they... So, you think, she's a singer. This mm-hmm. is, like, I'm going to take away... Somebody... Yeah, this, that was, is, this is very personal right, for somebody. Right. So um, on January 28th, 1926, police arrest Frances Hall and her brothers Willie and Henry. And the trial begins that November. It's a media circus. And it's got a lot of famous people there who came to see it. Damon Runyon came to see it. I don't know if you guys know who that is. That's the guy who wrote the, the book Guys and Dolls that okay. Lerner and Lowe later turned into the musical. Um, he, he wrote a lot of um, like detective stories and things like that. Charlotte Mills, who's Eleanor's daughter, so the one she had with Mr. Mills, she is now kind of a grown-up. I think she's 20 at this time. She loves talking to the press, and she claims <laughs> she claims she's a flapper. And so she becomes this, like, media darling, because she's, like, on the... She's in her, I don't know, fringe and running around, and she's crazy. Part of the trial includes eyewitness Jane Gibson, who is a very colorful character. She's nicknamed the Pig Woman, because she raises Poland China pigs, okay. And she's not wholly unattractive. She's not wholly. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe at the time of the trial, she's dying of cancer, 
And she's brought to the courtroom. She's attended by a doctor and nurses and testifies from an iron hospital bed to the jury. Oh, God. Well, like I she's, feel like a dick. No, <laughs> making fun of her. Yeah. So, so, but again, it's almost like, well, if she's not fit to testify, they should have written it down. It's just another way to make this whole trial a circus. A circus. You know what I mean? Like, they could have written down her testimony from the hospital. She didn't, she didn't need to come in person. She could have signed an affidavit. You know, things like that. The judge could have gone to her right. hospital bed. Right. Separately, this is clearly season three for us, season of the pig. <laughs> I know, right? We do, I have done a lot of pig stuff for some reason. We need to get a t-shirt with that uh, on it. <laughs> her testimony, Jane, Jane's testimony, was super gripping and interesting, but probably a lie. <laughs> her own mother sat in the gallery muttering she's a liar she's a liar over and over again she's probably on some really heavy drugs possibly but like I I get the feeling that Jane Gibson was doing it more for attention than anything else from the stuff I've read and so her mom was just like oh my god Jane knock the shit off like you were lying you were lying so but and, they allowed it so who was she in relation to this oh, murder sorry like, she's a, she was an eyewitness she said that she saw them Come to the crab apple tree and then get murdered. Okay. Yeah. What was she doing? Well, Making she's a farmer. Out. She lives in that area. Like oh. she did. I don't think I she was lived sitting on... in the crab apple tree. <laughs> I don't think she lived at the old Phillips farm, but I think she was like she. Her farm was like nearby. Okay. Yeah. Still no reason for her to be there. True. Yeah. There's also a Hungarian friend of the Reverend. His name was Paul Hamborski. We'll take it. For some reason, I feel like that's an autocorrect. Something happened there, but sure, Hamborski. <laughs> Who supposedly said that Reverend Hall had told him, quote, Mrs. Hall is a very cool woman. She has changed much lately, and I'm afraid she will do me bodily harm. Oh. So he may also have been lying, because we'll never know, as he disappeared the night before the trial. So all of his information was told through the newspapers. He was not actually at the trial. Okay. So he talked to the newspapers before he talked to... Yeah. Okay. I don't think that's allowed anymore <laughs> i'm not sure how that would work well i mean it's it's basically giving your information to the court of public opinion right yeah. so i don't know if it's if it's a term of not being allowed well if you're but like subpoenaed but if you talk before he was subpoenaed um, like we don't know when his story came out of the newspaper i don't know okay. i don't know so um but either way he never made it to the trial also he disappeared and nobody and like i couldn't find like what happened to him <laughs> where is he, he? disappeared he Rachel. disappeared i know that crazy hungarian that's crazy hungarian. he's a so, magician in the end Frances Hall and her brothers are acquitted. Okay. And they sue Hearst's newspaper for $3 million. Local women come forward and claim that Frances was innocent and she was too respectful for the act mm, of killing. Of course. Other suspects, because this is our second story, so it technically is considered unsolved. Other sp- suspects of the murder were Eleanor's husband, the simpleton. Yes. <laughs> Which, Which would explain why he didn't have the right tools to finish the, the Sure, sure. Although I don't think, I don't think Mills did it but or the kkk <laughs> and i'll get into that for just a second uh the do you think husband, he was like do you think he's like my wife was murdered too <laughs> <laughs> uh, mr mills had an alibi neighbor saw him and heard him making woodworking noises during the night of the murder so he was he was home like they all knew he was at home doing Woodworking. <laughs> I don't know. He's you could stuff. set up a Rue Goldberg machine <laughs> and and handle that quite nicely. Sure, but that's what it was. Now the KKK suspect, it was a huge wormhole of like bribery and like I, I did I don't have all the details here. I suggest you go and look for it yourself because it became very muddy. It basically, someone was bribed by Francis to murder 
the couple or something. It was this huge thing, but, like, the KKK got involved almost like a business transaction. It wasn't, like, a race thing or anything like, like that. Like, they were the, the hitmen? Yeah, basically. Okay. Yeah. I can see that. The boy who found the bodies said he had been up there the previous night with a friend and that the friend had killed them due to a mistaken identity of the girl he liked and her incestuous father. Okay, I know that sounds a little crazy. So, basically, he said that his friend loved this girl and the girl broke up with him because her father was doing her mm-hmm. okay oh, okay and that he and his buddy were they were up near the lo- lover's lane and they saw a couple out there by the crab apple tree and he thought that was his girlfriend and her dad mm-hmm. and th- that he went and killed them and then realized later it was reverend hall and eleanor mills i don't believe that story either yeah, i think that you, was yeah you got really into it and not realized that those are the people that right. you're looking for but that and that guy was arrested though i think his name was charlie I, I i don't know why i didn't write that down but i think he was he he was arrested and mm-hmm. he was seen as a actual suspect for a while um but he was eventually let go because of the the throat stuff they're like he did he was like a teenager there's no yeah. way he could have like what he didn't know anything about it he yeah didn't, yeah he didn't do any of that stuff so Basically, we technically don't know who did the Hall Mills murder, but my money is on Francis and her brothers. I think her brothers just went and did it. Mm. They and then they don't talk about like alibis for the men. No, they don't really they talk are, about. But they're um, part of an upstanding family, right? They were a very prominent family yeah. in New Jersey, like tons of money. Yeah, and Francis, even her alibi, obviously is super shaky because the maid apparently was lying to save her. Yeah. So she might have been there too. So the three of them might have killed. Eleanor and Reverend Hall. Mm-hmm. I don't know. But that's what happened under the crab apple tree in New Jersey in 1922. Fucking crab apples. <laughs> that's the title of this episode. <laughs> <laughs> wow. It's a weird one. It is a weird one. You, it, it, When it comes to those kind of cases, because a lot of it is like... <laughs> okay, it reminds me of when... A Hungarian doctor first said, hey, you know what? There might be a thing called germs. And all the other doctors were like, how dare you say my hands are unclean? Right. You know, it's that kind of mentality of if you have money, if you have or, or a, a high family or whatever. White. Yeah. You can't be dirty. You can't be sinful. You can't be all these things, right? But nowadays, because everybody loves to see those kind of people fall and right. fail, and we have all the forensic technology and stuff like that behind it it's like i wonder what would have happened if it happened now but even at that like we're still seeing that today i mean we know that like prison sentences are highly uh what's the word um given basically to minorities and for people oh, yeah. of poverty and stuff like that over white oh males yeah and i mean like so. the the justice system is all messed up or whatever but when you talk about like the court of public opinion right. right they love it when they're like yeah they aren't gonna say hey francis is, is a, a good woman because she comes they'd be like that bitch did it <laughs> you know yeah. mainly because we have cases like this where she probably did was that the thing with lizzie borden too didn't she get off because they're like well she couldn't have done it she's, she's i think they she actually got off because of a lack of physical evidence because it was all just hearsay <laughs> and the fact that mm. nobody like she had a really bad personality like she was confrontational you know she was a a nasty woman or whatever and nobody liked her they couldn't say all these people are telling truths about her because everybody had a vendetta against her because nobody liked her right Hmm. but yeah i mean francis literally got off because she had she had money and and her brothers too willie and henry i mean they were they were right up there with her so Mm -hmm. but yeah they probably did it or 
I wonder the if there really point. is something to the whole. Like, yeah, they they hired someone. Honestly, like it. It, it is worth looking into. I probably should have done my homework <clears throat> on that side of things as well, but it just seems so. When I, at the time of my research, it seems so. What the fuck are you talking right. about? That I just I couldn't go down that that wormhole. I think the husband did it. Mills? The simpleton? Yep, the simpleton did it. <laughs> really? Yeah. Why? I don't know. Just because you're simple doesn't mean that you can't get angry. That's true. You can fire a gun whether you're dumb or smart. That's true. And they were shot. And then and I have a feeling that like the the stuff that was done to Eleanor's throat was all post-mortem. Like yeah. she had already been shot. It all has a very Chicago vibe to it. I mean, the simple husband, the jealous lover. like Yeah, the old All wife. of it. Mm-hmm. The, the time period. That's true. The jazz, all of yes. that was all part of it. Like Charlotte the Flapper running mm-hmm. around talking to the to the press on how much her, she missed her mom. Mm. Yeah, it's a big mess. But yeah, I was pretty sure it's the wife and the brothers. Sources? Sources. All right. My sources come from biography.com, which has had a very intricate timeline of everything, which is why I was able to get all of the dates and, and linear information. And I also got a lot of my information from the Netflix original American Murder, The Family Next Door. And my sources were from the YaleReview.org and Mary S. Hartman wrote a 12-page document that's available online as a PDF called The Hall Mills Murder Case, The Most Fascinating Unsolved Homicide in America. And if this case is interesting to you, like you should read that 12-page document. It's not that long. It's 12 pages. I got most of my stuff from her, and she had some really interesting factoids. So, yeah, that's it. That's it. (laughs) (laughs) Anything else we need to talk about? Next week is Halloween. Next week is Halloween, so hopefully we'll have um, a fun episode for that one. It won't include Clinton singing, though. Halloween. (laughs) Uh, So join uh, join us next time. For more murder. No. <laughs> Do it right. <laughs> more mayhem. More murder. More snacks. Bye. Bye.